Motiversity family, it's Marcus Taylor. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity, one of the top 50 podcasts in the world. If you enjoy listening to Motiversity and this podcast, you need to download the Mindset Daily Motivation app. On it, you'll gain access to thousands of motivational speeches, including Motiversity's and mine. And now, with the new Mindset Alarm feature, you can start each day with purpose, waking up to powerful audios like this one. You may be average, you may be ordinary, but you have the opportunity every single day to make extraordinary decisions. And what you do today will determine your future. To download Mindset, just go to MindsetApp.com or search for Mindset Daily Motivation on the Apple or Google Play Store and listen to motivational speeches while getting ready for the day. Click the link to download Mindset now and get ready to transform your life. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This video is a compilation of a series we created on YouTube focused on helping you to become a remarkable student. And so you're going to learn in this video from beginning to the end, the 25 most scientifically proven and practical ways to be the best student that you can, to overcome procrastination and unlock your true potential. So stay tuned and comment below what you're going to do as a result of what you've learned in this video. Did you know there are people out there so good at remembering things that they compete in tournaments of learning and they are known as memory athletes. In an annual contest called the World Memory Championships, they were given 20 minutes to remember a list of 72 random words. And on average, they scored nearly 71 of the 72. By contrast, an untrained control group could only manage 26. Picture where the spoons are kept in your kitchen, the socks in your room, 
the color of your toothbrush. These memory athletes use an ancient Greek technique called memory palaces. And once you master this technique, you too are going to dramatically improve your ability to study effectively and finally open up your dormant reserves of memory. The idea is simple. You walk through an environment like your house and you place objects in specific places and then you match the things you want to learn with those objects. So when you're trying to remember that information, perhaps the notes you took that day in class, this technique maps new information onto something that your brain has already evolved to do extremely well. Recall imagery in specific locations. The second technique I want to introduce you to is also known as the protege effect, aka teach someone what you want to learn. A 2007 study looked at this. How does teaching someone impact your learning? Students in this study who were also teachers to younger students, they scored higher on tests than pupils who were learning only for their own sake. Why? Well, the researchers found when you choose to teach someone else, you have to work harder to understand the material, to recall it more accurately and apply it more effectively. Something known as depth of processing. Physicist Robert Feynman created a mental model called the Feynman technique. This technique has four steps to it. Number one, write the name of a concept on the top of a blank page that you want to learn. Number two, write down an explanation of the concept as if you're teaching a new student. Number three, identify what's missing. Go back, relearn. And step four, review everything. Make sure you're avoiding using complicated language and try to simplify everything on the page as much as possible. Number three. If I asked you right now, is reading again and again a good way to learn? Is highlighting a good way to learn? Is using keyword monics? Well, all of these, they're scientifically proven to be relatively low in effectiveness for long-term learning. At the other end of the scale, things like practice tests, spreading out your learning, they are scientifically proven to boost your performance. Let's take a look. In 2005, a guy called Reagan A.R. Gurung assessed 229 students using 11 different techniques of studying. He then matched their techniques with their final exam scores. And many, but not all, of the techniques they used, they did achieve better exam scores. For example, the number of hours they put in, it did help. But things like starting studying early or reading material before and after class, that didn't seem to be effective. Reagan also found detriments to studying and one of them 
was listening to music. So what did he find that does work? Well, Reagan actually found a technique that strongly predicted your exam score. And that was the number of times a student did practice tests. This one thing, above all others, had a significant impact on how well they did on their final exam. Have you ever heard of number four, the Zaganik effect? It's a concept in psychology that argues you remember uncompleted or interrupted tasks better than the ones that you complete. Why? When we start a task and then interrupt it, it creates a task-specific tension that can improve your cognitive function. So step away from your desk as you study. That tiny little tension that you feel. I still need to finish reviewing that chapter. I haven't done the next paper yet. It keeps the task at the top of your mind. And this keeps your brain focused on it. This way you can easily access that information and remember it better. So how do you take advantage of this technique? You take frequent breaks during your deep work. The Zaganik effect suggests that students who take breaks during which they perform totally unrelated activities, studying other subjects, reading a book, going on a three minute walk, playing the piano, they remember material better than students who go through longer study sessions without taking a break. Cramming is better than not studying in the short term. But is seven hours in one day better than one hour every day for a week? If you were given the same amount of time for study, would you be better off spreading it out? And the answer is a resounding yes. Space it out. This is known as distributed practice. And how general are the effects? How consistent? Well, one group of scientists looked at 254 studies involving over 14,000 people. And overall, students recalled more after spaced study than after cramming and massed study. And the first thing you need to do is go inside, not outside for that motivation, for that drive, the energy that you need. And it starts with something you've heard many people say before. Remind yourself of why. Why are you taking that course? Why are you going to school? I know you have to, but what is this for? Are you struggling because of school or are you struggling for something? One of these is a victim mindset and one of these is a champion mindset. One of the most surprising things about motivation, a common misconception that we have, is that it often comes after starting a behavior, not before. So this is the problem. You're waiting for motivation to study when you need to study to get motivated. Your mind is ruled by two different systems, the rational mind and the emotional mind. And both of them compete for control. Your rational mind 
It wants to change something. It wants to study. It wants you to achieve your potential in life. The emotional mind, it loves the comfort. It loves the safety. It loves doing the fun things, the procrastinating things. Every behavior has a positive intention behind it. So stop waiting for motivation and ask yourself, why does this matter? The second thing you need to remember, start looking for the best environment. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes your behavior. You might think that your habits are a product only of your motivation, your talent, your willpower, your effort, but your personal characteristics, your intentions sometimes get trumped by the environment around you. And this is nothing new. It's been known for 80 years. In 1936, psychologist Kurt Lewin, he wrote a simple equation that effectively summarized human behavior. P equals F brackets PE. This equation is basically saying behavior is the result of that person in an environment. So think about it. When you're sat in an exam, you're at the front of the hall or the classroom and the teacher is standing over you and 30 other students are sitting in silence, writing away. Do you worry about motivation? No. Are you motivated? Yes. The next tip is state change. When you have no motivation, what is it like? Just pay attention to your body. How is it moving? What are your eyes focusing on? How many tabs do you have open right now? How many other things are you trying to do? What you need to do is change your emotional state. Your mind and your body, they're interconnected. When your body gets tired after a long day, your mind gets tired. Just notice what your breathing is like when you're motivated, when you're in flow versus when you're distracted. There's several ways you can do this. The first one is go for a nine minute walk. Spend time with your loved ones. Talk about your motivation levels with someone. Do some Wim Hof breathing. Play an instrument. Take a long warm bath or shower. Because this gets you into a relaxed state of mind, which is important to get you in the right frame of mind, the right focus. And it's only when your mind is at ease that those alpha waves start rippling through your brain and you're more likely to look inwards, to introspect and think, this is why I need to get this done. This is why I need to focus. Tip number four, think negatively. There's always people advising you to follow the law of attraction, to think positively and envisage your success. But there's pros and cons to everything. So it's important to think what could go wrong. If you sit here doing nothing while you're listening to me, the clock is ticking. You have less time now than you did before. Do you feel motivated now? Instead of a vision board, create a worst case scenario, absolute failure board. You can call it negative thinking, but it's productive and it works. Once you've understood all of the potential risks and you've prepared against them, 
There is no more fear, just motivation. And the final tip, set up a non-negotiable agreement. Call your friend and tell them, if I don't do my assignment by next week, I'll give you a hundred pounds. This is known as a commitment device because if you commit to nothing, you are going to be distracted by everything. It's called hyperbolic discounting. It's a fancy way of saying we overvalue the short run relative to the long run. So if I give you two similar rewards, you will show a preference for the one that you can have now rather than later. And in addition, you have to set a concrete goal. Instead of saying, I'm going to lose some weight this year, I'm going to do some more studying this year. You have to say something like, I will spend two hours every day after school in the library focusing on my maths module that I'm weak on. You get what you focus on in life. And if you don't know what you need to focus on, if you don't commit to something, you are doomed to fail and be distracted. Take it serious. So the first thing that I want to say here is go to bed at a set time early so that you have a better chance of waking up early in the morning. That 4 a.m. wake up, 5 a.m. wake up, it doesn't just start at 4 a.m. and it doesn't just depend on what kind of alarm clock you're using, what bed you're sleeping in. The most important thing is, did you get your eight hours of sleep? Are you going to bed at the same time every single day? So you want to train yourself just like you would train a puppy to go to bed at the same time every single day so that your circadian rhythm, the rhythm that you are naturally in based on your environment, your psychology, you're going to bed at the same time. So your body knows it's eight o'clock, the sun has gone down and it's time for me to go to bed. Even just half an hour or an hour every single day of not getting enough sleep. It has a cumulative effect. And so that compounding effect of all that sleep debt that you've accrued, you're gonna to have to pay it off at some point. And this leads me to the second proven way. Some of you have heard of the great speaker and role model and inspiration that is David Goggins. And he talks about developing a calloused mind. The reason he wakes up at 4 a.m. is he's training his body just like when he's training in the gym and on his hands he develops calluses from all the pull-ups that he's done where he's hit the world record. In the same way, I want my mind to know you may have a tactical advantage over me. You may know me inside out. You may try and conquer my weaknesses, but guess what? I'm gonna callous myself to that. I'm going to develop such a powerful routine that I'm going to stick to every single day because there are so many flaws and things I need to change about myself that I'm going to be immune to your tactics, immune to my weaknesses. At 4 a.m. you wake up, it's dark outside. There is nobody else on your street awake. It's cold, it's damp, it's boring, it's not fun. But you know what? I'm the first one up. You're gonna look around and realize I've done so much already. My day has been won. And if you start strong, you have a much better chance of finishing strong. Don't leave these things to the last minute. 
And the third thing, this is something that I've learned in my experience as a life coach, is mentally check in with yourself on a scale from one to 10. And I want you to write down your answer in the comments right now. Are you a 10? Are you a 10 out of 10 for doing this? And if you are anything but a 10, why not? If you're a nine, what would get you to a 10? If you're an eight, what would get you to a 10? I asked this question because if you don't have certainty, certainty in your mind, I am definitely gonna wake up at four o'clock tomorrow. What do you think is gonna happen at 3.55 a.m. or 4.55 a.m. whenever you're waking up and that alarm clock goes off and you're cozy, you're wrapped up in your covers and you want comfort. Your brain wants comfort. You don't care about being remarkable. You don't care about waking up early. Why do I wanna wake up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m.? What is the plan? I'm gonna wake up and do what? The clearer you are, the less thinking you have to do when you wake up. And complexity is your enemy of implementation. Tip number four, use tools and tactics to your advantage. You can go on your phone right now. Most of you have smartphones or you know someone that does, and you can download an app where you have to scan a barcode before it turns off. You can sleep with the curtains open, so you have no choice but to wake up when the sun hits your eyes. You can't get back to sleep. Use these things, design your environment in a way that nudges you to take the right course of action. Design it for yourself rather than being a dead fish that goes with the flow. And the final, I left the best tip till last, is learn your sleep chronotype. Waking up at 4 a.m. won't change your life if your body isn't designed for that. Your lifestyle is not designed for that. If it means you're only getting four hours of sleep, what is the point? You have something known as the PER3 gene and what this gene does in your DNA is coded into you that you have a natural rhythm to your day. You know this already. Learn to manage your energy, not your time. So create a graph. On one axis, you've got the time of day and the other axis, you've got your energy and map out what is my energy like throughout the day. At 10 a.m. I have a lot of energy. I'm really creative but at 1 p.m. I'm finished. But then at 6 p.m. I feel really energized. I'm so creative, I have 100 ideas. And then at 11 p.m. my mind is wired to get work done, but I need to get to sleep now. So learn your sleep chronotype and realize that everyone's routine is different. Everyone's sleep routine is different. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's success is different. You are different. And the first thing I want you to realize is the most important. Studies show numerous times a link between loneliness, anxiety, depression, and social media. As human beings, we have fundamental needs to relate and to belong. And in recent decades, with the development of all these technologies, all of these apps, all of these smartphones, there is a rapid rise of being able to access the internet at any given moment, 
being able to communicate at any given moment. And so the way that we use social media, the way we use the internet is dramatically changed. Social media addiction has been found to be associated with a host of emotional, relational, health and performance problems. And there's not just one study I found, there are numerous studies. Studies in 2010, 2011, 2017, 2018. But I want you to understand the causes, the consequences of being addicted. It's of critical importance that in your quest to being a remarkable student, you understand you can't minimize this problem. You cannot heal what you continue to deny. So let's be honest about our addictions. Number two, it's changing your brain structure quite literally. The way the internet itself and social media works, it hacks into a bug in your brain that loves getting short bursts of dopamine, which is released every time you check a notification, every time you open the app. And there is a great book called The Shallows, which shows us exactly how this works. We are being conditioned to always be reactive, always be waiting for the next ding, ping or notification from our mobile phones. There are studies that have been shown, there are programmers who've openly admitted these apps have been designed by the same people who design gambling machines in your local casino. Every time you play on a slot machine, you're waiting for the next novelty, you're waiting for the next hit of dopamine. And when you flick your phone down to refresh your feed, to see the latest post, the latest video, it is the same thing at play. Number three is what Mel Robbins talks about in her book, The Five Second Rule that every time we hesitate on doing something we know we should get done, we move into what's known as a spotlight effect, where we hesitate and our brain believes that there's more of a threat than there actually is. And so the more we train ourselves to hesitate, the longer we hesitate for. And if you throw digital media, social media into this mix, where when you hesitate for five seconds or more, and you're supposed to sit down and focus for the next two hours, but you look at Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, whatever your app is. And then you're lost for half an hour looking at what other people are doing. And this brings me to point number four, unreal expectations of real life. Understand that what we are getting when we look at people's feeds, when we look at people's lives, we're getting a perfect filtered version of somebody else's life, but not the messy behind the scenes because not everybody is sharing vulnerably and authentically, but also realize that there are many accounts on social media that their company's looking to make a profit. Their company's looking to get paid off of your views and likes. And so when you judge your own life against the friend in your class or the colleague at work, how is that making you feel? And let's move now to the final point, digital minimalism. Another great book by one of my favorite authors, Cal Newport. He says in his book, the more you seek that validation, the more masters you serve. And that dopamine, it messes with your mind. You seek interaction, but a digital like, it gives you nothing. 
You can't compare 30 likes to 30 seconds of a warm hug from your favorite person in this world. So you feel empty and you end up chasing more and more hits and studies show that there are links to the brains of drug addicts and social media addicts. Similar pathways light up in the brain and that link alone is enough to warrant a degree of worry. And the first thing that I've done is disable all notifications so I'm less distracted. I'm less likely to check when my phone tells me I want to check. Tailor your feeds. This is my favorite tool of all. Follow uplifting and positive people. You don't have to get rid of social media. It's not a negative thing, but you need to be aware of its dangers. On iPhones, you can now set timers to restrict the amount you look at certain apps per day. One of the things I also like to do, when you're working, always put your phone out of sight in another room. That way, you're not going to look at your phone, you're not going to see the light flashing that there's another notification working for you. Ask yourself, why do I use social media? Is it because everyone else is using it? Or is it because it helps me to achieve my goals? And the first of the five ways that you can conquer your laziness is choose excellence. The first step is a process that was often used in neuro-linguistic programming known as modeling excellence. To put it simply, this is the study of what works, what is excellent and copying that. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. You need to be clear on what you're getting done every single day, but also within your lifetime, what matters and what doesn't. Warren uses a system that I like to call the 525 principle when it comes to setting these goals. I want you to write down on a piece of paper 25 life-changing and inspirational goals that you want to complete before you die. Things that if you could accomplish, you would really feel like you'd mastered your potential. Once you've done this, I want you to take a look at your list. Now your job gets more difficult. Choose from that list just five that you really want to complete above all others and circle them. Everything that you don't circle but those five, you cross out. That is now your focus. Until you get them done, you don't do anything else. Number two is a calm mind. The next method you can use is a mindful meditation practice, any that works for you. And I say this because it's not meditation alone, but the habit of meditating that builds the benefits. A 2012 study done by Italian neuroscientist G. Pagnoni found that meditation not only changes brain patterns, but it also confers advantages in mental focus that may improve your cognitive performance. And Pagnoni recruited 12 Zen meditators who'd been practicing for at least three years. He compared them with a control group of 12 volunteers who'd never meditated but were the same age and had the same education level as the meditators. He then put each of them into an MRI machine to measure how their brain patterns were moving and functioning. What did he find? Compared to the non-meditators, the meditators had more stability in what's known as the VPMC, a region of your brain that's thought to be linked to spontaneous thoughts and mind wandering. In every test that he did involving mental focus, the meditators who had a consistent habit of meditating 
outperformed the control group on the task. Number three is choice. Maybe you're not lazy, but you're lost. A man convinced against his will remains of the same opinion still. Did you choose to take on this work, this assignment, even if it was forced on you by your parents, your friends, your school, college, university, did you take some time to make that choice your own? There is a concept known in the world of psychology called the locus of control. What we refer to when we talk about a locus of control in an individual is something that dictates not just your own laziness, but things like your attitude, your performance and fulfillment from life. And what it refers to is an individual's belief system regarding the causes of his or her experiences, the factors that attribute to your success or failure. There are two main types of control, the external locus of control and an internal locus of control. And if we take an honest look at your focus and procrastination today, is it based on externalized factors or internalized factors? Which one has greater effect? Which one has greater importance? If a person has an internal locus of control, that person attributes their success to his or her own efforts and abilities. On the other hand, if you have an external locus of control, you're constantly looking out the window instead of in the mirror. You're attributing the, your success or your lack of it to luck, fate, and therefore it's less likely you're gonna put the effort in. That's not to say that an internal locus of control is good and an external locus of control is bad. There are other variables that we have to consider. However, psychological research has found that people with an internal locus of control, they tend to be better off in life. Number four is contribution. When you think of the jobs that people imagine as being the most meaningful, what do you think of? Fireman, nurse, midwife, neurosurgeon, teacher. These are all jobs that help other people in some way. There's a growing body of evidence that helping others is a key ingredient for life satisfaction. People who volunteer, for example, tend to be less depressed and healthier. A randomized study showing that performing a random act of kindness makes the individual giving even happier. And a global survey found that people who donate to charity are as satisfied with their lives as those who earn twice as much. And the final one, and perhaps the most important one, are you happy? Seriously, are you happy? Are you connected with good people and building good relationships? None of us exist in isolation and the most common regret of those who are dying is not maintaining good relationships with good people. You can't do epic things with basic people. Social connection is the greatest predictor of long-term happiness and the greatest long-term predictor of success. It's not that success makes you happy, it's the other way around. Being happy makes you more successful. I want you to take action on the videos that you've seen. I want you to apply this to your own life. And I want to end with the following quote. Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, he can achieve. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.